I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Hey friends, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. I'm coming in this week and surprising you with a brand new solo podcast episode. So this week is a little bit of a funky week for me, but for all of my listeners in the US, I know this week is kind of unusual for you too because of the holidays and Thanksgiving and I know so many of you are like off of work and traveling and spending time with family and everyone's schedule, not everyone, but I feel like a lot of people's schedules are kind of unusual this week, including mine, even though I'm in Canada. So before we dive into today's topic, which I'm so excited about, I just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of a heads up about what's happening in my world, some updates, that sort of thing. Even though you're going to hear a lot more solo episodes from me in the future and just in the following weeks and stuff, which I'm very, very excited about. But here is why my week is also unusual and a little funky, even though I'm not celebrating Thanksgiving. I don't live in the US. I'm not traveling for holidays and things like that. So Today is Tuesday when I'm recording this podcast episode. It goes live on Wednesday. So I had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week to kind of get work done and see clients. So something I actually talked about on Instagram last week was how on Mondays I actually don't schedule client calls. And this is just a way for me to kind of like practice what I preach and like fill up my cup first before pouring my love and attention and everything that I pour into my clients for the rest of the week. Like, If you are a client of mine, you'll know you get all of me. I am actually really like strict with how many clients I see 
on any given day. I have like, I know my capacity for clients. So I want all of my clients to feel like they are getting all of me when I show up for our sessions, but even just throughout the week, because my clients have texting access to me. So we're constantly like messaging each other back and forth if they need my support outside of our sessions. So anyways, back to what I was saying about Mondays, I actually set up my weeks in a way that I'm filling my cup up first because that allows me to be the best practitioner that I can for my clients. So I don't usually schedule clients on Mondays. Mondays are like my day to just really ease into the week, take care of myself and, you know, book my own like therapy appointments and also just other sorts of appointments. So Yesterday, on Monday, I actually was at the ultrasound clinic getting my cyst, which is located right beside my right ovary. I was getting just like a follow-up ultrasound done on that. Just thought I would give you guys like a little bit of a health update. Um, In my last podcast episode... The one where Sarah LaCourse joined me on the show to talk about her experience with endometriosis and like going through her whole health journey and finally getting diagnosed with endo. Um, I had explained that I was like experiencing some pain that was very similar to kind of like appendicitis type pain, but it definitely wasn't like doubling me over. And it was really strange in the sense that like I wouldn't wake up with it. And then it just kind of came and then it would go away. And this happened for an entire week. So anyways, I ended up going to see my doctor and he thought it was related to my cyst. And we just thought we would do like a follow-up ultrasound on that. So that's kind of how my week started. And then I am starting, well, back in 2020, gosh, I don't know. I'm not 2020, 2021, probably. I'm so bad with like years and stuff. I feel like the whole pandemic really just like warped time in my mind and I have such a hard time. But yeah, it was 2021. I started somatic experiencing practitioner training. So If you're familiar with like somatic therapy, that is what I'm currently studying right now. So it's a three-year program and right now I'm in the middle of my second year of the program. And so our classes are actually usually Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So it's like a four-day module um, of classes. And so it's usually not that big of a deal for me to kind of figure out Friday and moving my clients around to fit them somewhere else in the week. But this week, our classes start Thursday and Friday. So I had like two days of full client load to kind of like schedule 
earlier, like on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Anyways, things all worked out. But with all that being said, this week is definitely going to be just like I said, an unusual funky one because I'm seeing clients Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I dive right into my second, like I said, I'm halfway through my second year of somatic therapy training. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I just thought I'd give you an update because I know most of you are like familiar with the fact that I am studying somatic therapy and I've been getting a lot of questions and stuff about somatic work and I plan to record many, many episodes about my experience with learning more about somatics and just explaining all of that to you all. So really excited to put together many more episodes about somatics for you in the future, but something maybe you didn't know about myself was I actually started another certification practitioner program this summer back in June, and it was a internal family systems or like that's also known as parts work. So if you're familiar with internal family systems or IFS for short or parts work, I completed a three level certification for that this summer. So started in June, wrapped up this fall. And the reason I wanted to talk about that was it's very much related to our topic today. And so just like kind of throwing it out there that um, with our topic request today, we are going to take a parts work approach to this, or we're going to be looking at shame and working with shame through a internal family systems or a parts work lens. So by like through this episode, by you listening to this episode, you are going to get a much better understanding of what me working with my clients actually looks like if you're not really familiar with um, what that may look like for you. So I threw a question sticker box up on Instagram last night and I just want to thank you all for your topic requests and I ended up choosing one and the topic request is how to like experience or engage in self-care without feeling shame. And so I love this topic. I mean, I feel like it was really relevant for me. And one of the reasons I chose this topic when I saw it this morning, when I opened up Instagram was the fact that yesterday I had this whole long list of to-dos planned out for myself. So I had all sorts of like work stuff planned for me, you know, like 
checking in with all of my active clients because like I said earlier all of my clients can actually like text me outside of our private coaching calls so every day I make sure that I answer any messages that have come in for me or I'm checking in on clients who need that from me that day or whatever that is so I made sure I did that because that's like a non-negotiable for me during my work week and then you know there's the whole social media thing posting to Instagram and then I also actually wanted to record this podcast yesterday and I wanted to record some other like resource materials kind of um, somatic and parts work techniques for some of my active clients to put in our like membership portal. Anyways, I had this whole long list of to do's written out for myself and I hardly did any of them. Like I said, I checked in with my clients yesterday and other than that, I really didn't do much. I was sitting in the ultrasound waiting room yesterday afternoon and I realized, wow, okay, I had this huge long to-do list written out for myself and I chose to do the one most important thing, which was checking in with my clients and then I didn't do anything else. I didn't even post to Instagram. You know, I posted to my stories, but I didn't like create a post and post that to my feed. So I went, got my ultrasound done, and then I still wasn't like looking at my to-do list. I accepted the fact that, okay, I touched one thing on that to-do list today. And then I went on to have a shower and it was like one of those set showers that were just super luxurious, you know, the ones where you take your time. I mean, I always take my time like shampooing and conditioning my hair, but then it was after the shower, you know, really taking my time with my post shower hair care, like the detangler spray and then the split end mender and the leave-in conditioner. And then I put lotion all over my body and I did my, you know, anti-aging skincare and I just really prioritized self-care um post that ultrasound and even when I didn't accomplish everything that I kind of had in mind for myself to check off my to-do list that day and then um and I actually genuinely felt so good post-shower doing all of those self-care things like it wasn't something in the back of my mind that like oh I shouldn't be doing this or feeling really guilty for really indulging in self-care even though I hadn't done basically anything yesterday work-wise and so I thought this topic request from one of my lovely listeners 
I thought this request that she sent in was just so timely because it kind of matched up exactly with my day yesterday. Like I am at the point in my healing journey where I can absolutely indulge in and not even indulge but like I can just genuinely allow myself and genuinely enjoy very deep nourishing self-care for myself without the feelings of shame and then when I saw her topic request come in it's obviously very clear to me that you know this is something that she struggles with is to actually engage in self-care or prioritize herself and take care of herself without those feelings of shame. And um, I mean, this whole topic really fascinates me, but I love like the topic of shame because I think, you know, all of us experience shame in one way or the other. It may not be self-care related like the shame that you experience may not show up for you in the way of self-care like it may not present itself when you take care of yourself or prioritize taking care of yourself but maybe shame shows up in when you nourish yourself with certain foods, for an example. I know a lot of my clients will come to me when we first start working together and share with me that, you know, shame is a very real thing for them when they eat certain foods that, you know, they deem that are not, you know, they're not worthy of or deserving of to enjoy for themselves. So um, before we dive into shame and learning about that, and especially through like the IFS or parts work type of lens that I want to look at it through today, I feel like, um, you know, we'll just kind of talk about shame and like what it is just to start off with. So here's the thing we need to understand about shame is that shame is something that we have learned. It can be passed down through generations and it is not something that we were born with. We do not, we aren't, we don't enter this world experiencing shame. Like you're not, um, you know, lying in your hospital bassinet or the bassinet when your parents or caregivers take you home from after you're born and you're not lying in your crib feeling shame. Shame, as I said, is something that we learn over time and it is often something that is a result of a experience that we have as like a child or just a younger version than where we're at right now. 
So these experiences that we go through as a child or, you know, in our years where we're still developing and that cause us to feel shame, the result of that is these internalized beliefs about ourselves. So for an example, you know, maybe you were, and this is actually a personal share of mine. And again, if you're a client of mine, you'll know that, you know, I'm very open Um, If you are a client of mine, you'll know that you and I um, talk about all sorts of things in our sessions. And I do find it really helpful to just share like personal experiences. I know for me personally, just when I hear like very real examples, I have a better time like wrapping my head around what it is that I'm learning about, right? And for many of you, I know it's like learning about shame and the reality of shame and where shame actually comes from is possibly like a totally new concept for you. And like this may be a totally new way of looking at shame and understanding shame. So that's why I think... um, sharing these personal examples can be really helpful. So for an example, when I was in like grade three, I can see it very clearly now. So I know exactly it was grade three. I can see like the classroom I was in and um, I got the giggles and something, someone in my class did something that I thought was funny and I just kept giggling and I just kind of couldn't stop giggling and you know I'm sure we've all had those experiences where we've just had the giggles so I was like what eight at the time and I just couldn't stop giggling and I got in trouble for my teacher she shamed me in front of the entire class and sent me outside into the hallway to sit on the bench so I'm not sure if it was the same for you growing up but at my elementary school like if you were sitting on the bench for something it mean meant you did something very bad you know and you were made to feel bad about yourself for doing whatever it was that you did. So this was my first time out sitting on the bench and um, I felt super ashamed and my teacher made me feel incredibly shameful for giggling and not being able to really like stop my giggles. So this is just an example of how the this shame can come about or <clears throat> how we can start feeling shame about ourselves and how also these beliefs about ourselves can come to be so for an example you know, one of the beliefs and I don't need to share, you know, like all of these personal internalized
generalized beliefs that I had about this, but some of the very common internalized beliefs around shame is I'm not good enough, I'm not likable, I'm not worthy, I don't deserve this, you know, um, I think for me in that situation, like some things that could come from that experience where I wasn't able to control like my giggles would be, you know, like, I'm so embarrassing, I'm so weird, or I just like all of these beliefs that make me feel ashamed of who I was in that moment. And so that's really how this, these shame parts come about. So now that I said parts, now let's look at shame through like an internal family systems or a parts work lens. So just a side note, I do plan on having an entire podcast episode all about parts work, how it came into my life, and just giving you a whole big good old overview about parts work but for now just like understanding shame through a parts work lens and parts work is honestly exactly what that sounds like is just that through our life we have accumulated so many different parts of us so I recently read a fiction book you all know that I'm a huge lover of fiction and this book is called A Million Junes. I just read it this month and it has nothing to do with parts work or IFS, but there was a part in the book that made me think about this type of therapy. And one of the characters said to the other character that there was a whole city of Junes within that character. So it just um, really applied to parts work and that's kind of a way to think of parts work or IFS is that you have an entire city of parts of you within yourself. And when we look at shame through an IFS lens, there is a part of you that is holding on to shame. So you are not shame and not all of you believe that like this belief that the shame part is holding on to but there is a part of you holding on to this shame and that part also holds on to that belief whatever that belief is and oftentimes you know like I said it is I'm not good enough I'm not deserving I'm not worthy and then there's also other parts who are protecting this part of you and this is really where it gets interesting so I kind of like making a fist if you're a visual person like me and as I'm recording this episode for you I'm literally sitting here making a fist right now so if you want to make a fist and see that as this part of you 
that is holding on to this shame, that is holding on to this belief about yourself that holds that shame, then like take your other hand and put it over top of your fist. And that hand that is over top of the fist is acting like these other parts that are protecting this part of you that holds on to the shame. So the reason for these protective parts, these protective parts come into play because we don't want to feel the shame, right? And so there's these protective parts coming in, trying to protect us and protect this shame part from being triggered, Okay, so kind of like some examples to make sense of this if you're having a hard time wrapping your head around this is one example that really made sense to me was, okay, let's go back to the shame part. So make the fist. Let's see that as this part of us that is holding on to the shame. And then with our other hand, clasp it around and that's one of our protective parts protecting that shame part from being triggered and one of these protective parts may be the overachiever okay so the part of us that is always like remember my example earlier this episode where I was able to hardly touch anything on my to-do list and still prioritize like an evening of self-care for myself without feeling shame. Well, not everyone's able to do that, right? Which is exactly why we're talking about this topic today. So there may be this overachiever protective part that is working to protect the shame part so that protector part that overachiever part is going to create this to-do list and make sure we do everything on that to-do list so we do not feel any shame because that would be like, we don't want to feel that, right? So the job of this overachiever protective part is doing all of the things going above and beyond burning yourself out so we do not trigger that shame part it can also be the completely opposite so the protective part may not be an overachiever but it may be the underachiever part for an example so again taking that fist this is our shame part and there is that protective part surrounding it protecting it from being triggered being activated okay so the underachiever how does the underachiever protect us how does it show up to protect us from triggering this shame part well maybe it's like doesn't apply for the job that it really wants right because if it doesn't apply for the job there's no way that the shame part can be protect or can be triggered right if if we apply for the job that we really want and then we don't get it that 
is going to trigger the shame. So this protective part that is the underachiever is like, well, I'm just not going to apply for this job that I really want because that's going to protect me from feeling shame. Okay, so there's the overachiever, there's the underachiever, the people pleaser, this is a really common one amongst my clients, is the people pleaser where we are constantly like trying to please everyone around us so we do not trigger that shame perfectionism is another one which kind of goes hand in hand with overachieving in some ways um avoiding people situations or isolating ourselves from others is a huge one so you know we might have like this belief that is part of that shame part that is I am unlikable nobody likes me right and that's our shame part so our protective part is like the isolating part we avoid social outings we avoid social activities we just stay home we don't engage with others because that protective part is again our protective parts are always trying to protect us we call them protective parts for a reason and so if we are if we believe that we are so unlikable this protective part is going to you know be like well we're just not going to go out and engage with others and attend these you know social outings because if we don't do those things then our shame part is not going to be triggered so those are just some examples of the parts of us that are trying to protect that shame part okay so now that you have a better understanding of what shame actually is and the part of you that is holding on to the shame and that it is just a part of you that is holding on to shame and then also that there are protective parts that are trying to protect the shame. This is something that I love supporting my clients with is working with their protective parts and also working with these burdened parts. So the burdened part in this example is the part of you that is holding on to shame. And we really need to understand what that message that shame part of you is holding on to or like I've been saying before what is that internalized belief is it I'm not deserving I'm not good enough I'm not likable so the just going back to the topic request that one of our listeners sent in is okay feeling shame when taking part in self-care or prioritizing self-care and so okay what is that what is the internalized belief that the part of you holding on to the shame is holding on to and we really want to spend some time 
getting to know this part of us, this part of us that is holding on to the shame. And like I said, we are not born with this shame. We are not born with this internalized belief. It is a burdened part and we accumulate these burdened parts through past experiences Okay. And so what's really incredible is, and this is one of the beliefs through like the IFS, so internal family systems, which was um, created and founded by Richard Schwartz. The belief is that no matter what we have gone through throughout our lives, And no matter how many burden parts we have within us, we all like our true self. There is always a core true self that is untouchable. And I think that is one of the most incredible things is knowing that we have a core self and this is our true self energy and this part is untouchable. It doesn't become burdened. It isn't ruined by any experiences. And this part of us always has compassion and curiosity and it has the power and the ability to heal and work with and release these parts of us that are burdened so that's really really incredible and I have done this in my own life this is why I am so passionate about IFS work and parts work And this is the type of therapy that I supported myself with and really made a difference for me in my life and completely freed me from over like, well, basically all of my life of an eating disorder. So when we are able to release this burden part of us. So release this part of us that is experiencing shame. Remember this um, individual who sent in this topic request is experiencing shame around taking care of herself or just experiencing and enjoying or prioritizing self-care. And as I mentioned, Yesterday, I got nothing really done on my to-do list. I still did a really great self-care night for myself and there was no speck or ounce of shame around. And so that is something that you can expect when you release these parts of yourself that are burdened with shame. So you can experience or I don't really love the word indulge and that's why I'm using the word experience but you can take part in self-care without experiencing shame and then also just like going back to some of those other examples that I used before you know the underachieving part so you can apply for a job and not get it and walk away from the situation and not like make meaning about it about yourself right so you can apply for a job you really want 
maybe not get the job and that doesn't make mean anything about you and shame isn't triggered so those are some things that you can look forward to when you work with this part of you that is holding on to the shame and release it from that burden and as I said, this is something that I support my clients in doing. This is often something that my clients and I do in our private coaching calls. But as a takeaway for this podcast episode, I want you to look at that part of you that is holding on to shame. So maybe you do experience shame when you prioritize self-care. Maybe you do experience shame when you have tons of things left on your to-do list and you don't get to all of them by the end of the day and you still want to just like cozy up on the couch with a book and snuggle your dog, right? Maybe that's when you experience shame or maybe you experience shame when you eat a certain food or whenever it is you experience shame. Let's start seeing it as a part of us and seeing it as that, a part of us, not all of us, not all of you, And let's use our compassion and our curiosity. So that true self, that core self that I mentioned before, that is untouchable and un like it's unbreakable. I know this is the Unbreakable You podcast and that's really fitting here, but that true self, like that is that part of you does not become damaged. Okay, it is impossible to damage that part of you. And it is that core true self of you that always has access to compassion, always has access to curiosity. And so what can be really helpful is, okay, when do you during your day feel like the most regulated, compassionate, curious version of yourself? Okay, when do you in your day feel like you can access the most compassion? Maybe it is when you're out in nature or with like your pet, your furry pet, right? Whenever it is during the day, that can be a really great time for you to look at that shame part of you, that part of you that is holding on to the shame and approach it with compassion and curiosity. Okay, let's get curious. Which part of me like picked up this belief, right? How old was I? What experience was that, right? I was able to share that experience of myself with you when I was in grade three. I was eight years old. I had the giggles. I couldn't stop. My teacher shamed me, right? Let's get curious about that or maybe get curious of, okay, the last time that that shame within you was triggered. So, This is where I am going to leave you today because I think this is very new for you and it will give you something to work on in regards to working with your shame. So seeing it as a part of you and then accessing that compassion 
and curiosity within you from your core true self and approaching that shame part of you with that compassion and curiosity. And like I said, this is all stuff that I support my one-on-one clients with. If you are interested in doing this work with me, feel free to email me. I have my email in the show notes, or you can just shoot me an email at hello at megdoll.com or go to megdoll.com and you can click on the coaching tab and just read more about how I work with clients. You can fill out like an application form there. I am currently accepting one-on-one clients. I see all of my clients through Zoom. So you can be anywhere in the world and I would love to meet up with you on Zoom and get to know you better and support you through your healing journey. So thank you so much for tuning in once again and joining me on the podcast this week. And I will be back next week and maybe next week since I'll be, you know, I'll have wrapped up that module of my somatic therapy training. This week we talked about parts work a little bit and gave you kind of an idea of what that looks like when working with shame. And maybe next week I can finally record that podcast episode for you about what somatic therapy is and also like how my journey led me to somatic therapy. So stay tuned next week because I feel like that's a really good time to get that episode out to you all. But I really hope you enjoyed hanging out with me this week. I love you all so much. Big Meg love and hugs coming at you and just know that I am always here for you and you do not have to be doing this healing journey on your own.